Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if Harris Levert is cold, Levert back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Corners podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. We have great stuff coming up over at IndieCornrows.com. Unfortunately, we do not have a lot of uh, great news to bring you tonight after a pretty handy loss. Uh, hand, well, not handy, handily handed a loss by the Toronto Raptors, 118 to 100. Um, honestly, just a, a disgusting game that, that we will dive into. But I'm, I'm joined by Tom Lewis, co-host and editor over at IndieCornrows. Tom, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm uh, doing fine personally, but uh, yeah, that that was a rough Pacers game to watch. I think we um, could have some quality arguments uh, ranking the <laughs> what was what was worse throughout the game, whether it was the play, injuries, uh, uh, whatever. It, it it was not not a fun watch from the from the tip. Yeah. Um... Well, let's start. Okay, let's start with injuries. Um, Malcolm Brogdon left the game. I believe that was early in the third quarter. Was it? It was the third quarter or in the second quarter. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it was due to hamstring injury. The severity is not known. Um, it didn't happen. Well, I mean, like it wasn't during like a a, a live on court play. It just happened when he was sitting on the bench. He went walked back in the locker room. Did not come back. Got ruled out for the game then. It is the opposite hamstring from what he dealt with last season. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to speculate on it. Um, And then Isaiah Jackson had, who was one of the only bright spots tonight, I thought. Um, His energy was awesome. Uh, He got run for almost the entire fourth quarter, played really solid defense, and was just running the court like like few guys on the team were because this was just a poor night overall for the team. Um, but he came down from trying to get a rebound, uh, on the offensive end and bumped knees with, I believe with Domas, uh, and he had to limp off the court and got helped back into the locker room after being down on the court for a while. Uh, Rick Carlisle said that it did not look good on court. Um, which, you know, that's not really anything new. We saw that, uh, we're not going to know for sure what happened, uh, for some time, but, Regardless, uh, you know, thoughts are, are with him and, and with Malcolm, too. Um, definitely looked a little bit more serious for Isaiah. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, that was not a very rough parts of the night for sure with uh, just with injuries all around. Considering where this team is at, Harris is not even back yet. Uh, he was ruled out before the game today, um, is doing on-court, uh, on-court work with physical contact, so is, is in the mix to be back soon. But... Yeah, um, Tom. Uh, another another injury. Um, it, this 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 is turning into like a, a a Saturday morning grocery list in terms of just looking at how many guys on the roster are, are on IR. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously far too familiar. I was almost joking. You might be tagging in with 
Whistler Bird as he was walking back to the locker room. I mean, uh, and, and that was a scary thing. You're right. He just kind of walked off the court in the third quarter because something obviously tweaked and um, it wasn't, you know, severe limping or anything. It was just like, nope, he felt to go, whatever went. Um, so maybe, hopefully, um, he cut it off before it really got, you know, too severe. But hamstrings are never a good thing to um, have to deal with because they, you know, it's kind of a hair trigger situation when, you know, they can feel good and then all of a sudden they're not. So, you know, got to be pretty deliberate before coming back full on those. Uh, and then, yeah, the Jackson thing. I mean, just when there was a little glimmer of hope, a little positivity in the fourth quarter because that, you know, kind of deep bench mob was was at least, you know, one point cut it to 10. And, and you know, Jackson's just so active and, and um, uh, such a different type of player and, and, you know, going, you know, towing up and going with against Scotty Barnes there. It was, it was fun to watch, you know, for a few minutes. And then, you know, the way he left, oof, that was brutal. Um, you know, a lot of times when you see those, you know, with knees and stuff, but, but there's more pain and um, it looks like it's really bad. A lot of times it ends up not being as bad. And, and then, you know, you see guys walk off and then they have an ACL. I'm hoping to pray him. That's the situation here. But the way he banged into to Domas and, and uh, um, his knee wasn't going to win that battle. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully it's on the contusion end and not on the fracture end or, or something worse. Um, but yeah, he was in definite, um, you know, pain and, and discomfort, just trying to get help off the floor um, and then help from the bench to the, to the locker room. Um, so I, I would imagine he would be out for a while at least. Um, but um, of course, after the game, there's no, no, Diagnosis on either of those guys are they're getting checked out, but um, at this point we can just hope hope for good news there. Um, so yeah, and from there it didn't get much better when you when you look at the game, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I guess that's, a, that's another good starting point. Um, with Malcolm being out, I mean, Malcolm was having it. He was on track to have his best game of of the year. Um, he was getting to the rim at will. Uh, was doing, I mean, he had a fantastic possession where Scotty Barnes was guarding him, guarded him really well. Scotty Barnes was fantastic tonight, but, um, you know, was being guarded man up by, by Scotty, just had a, one of the grown man moves on him, uh, totally shirked him with the cold arm shiver. Uh, I mean, forearm shiver, you know, on the way to the rim, definitely like, you know, between the bounds of legal and not legal, but it, one of the ones we get away with, um, and was getting separation pretty easily there and, and you know, swished right there. Yeah, exactly. Like I think Malcolm Brogdon was designed in a lab to just destroy rookie players, you know, but um, yeah, no, he was having a hell of a game. The, the corner, the, the, the passing that he was, he's been doing out of drives the entire year has looked even more crisp than it did last year. He found the corner with ease quite a few times. Um, and he was, I mean, a large reason for why they were still in the game at halftime. Uh, and I mean, that that leaks into Domas. Uh, Domas had a rough game, but I wouldn't say it's entirely on him. Like, I thought he competed defensively, was obviously active on the glass, but the Raptors were putting three and sometimes four on the ball when he caught it in the post. Um, 
And I mean, he finished with four turnover, turnovers, still had three assists, but um, he only took four field goal attempts. And that I, I saw some people calling him out on Twitter. And part of that's like, yeah, I'd liked him to get to the get more shots up. But at the same time, I just don't know how it was happening with how tough he was being guarded and how well he was being crowded. Um, you know, I think there's this idea that you can just conjure a shot up out of thin air. But when you have, you know, six nine Scotty Barnes was a seven four wingspan and OG Ananobi who's who's six foot eight six foot nine with the same and, and is almost as strong as, as Domas is pound for pound um and pressure Shachua coming in Cam Birch um I mean Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent were really active with their hands um that's just a really tough recipe for for feeding Domas and, and getting reps out of the elbow uh, to open things up for for others, so that resulted in a ton of extremely difficult jumpers. After you know, in in the in the first first two quarters, at least first quarter more more so, uh, you know there there were there was quality stuff going on that caused rotations in the defense, mo- mainly because of Malcolm's driving. But that just totally died on the back half of the game. Yeah, and um, I guess starting with Malcolm, yeah, you're right. His, his uh... His effort to get to the rim tonight was, you know, incredible and hitting really that little burst he gave the team in the second quarter kind of saved the game at that point. Um, literally had them hanging on. And tonight, you know, he's been uh, struggling of uh, of late with, you know, the turnovers and, and I feel like over dribbling a little bit. There was a little bit of that tonight, but he wasn't turning the ball over. And, you know, like you say, the, the, didn't land a pass in the, the, the feed he had out to Miles for a three, I think it was Miles earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of what you're talking about there, where he, he was, um, you know, he, he was pretty much on point. Um, and then, you know, with Sabonis, you know, that was kind of the blueprint. I think, you know, the Raptors were like in the ABS mode, anyone but Sabonis to beat us tonight. And, um, you know, I recall last year with, uh, um, and an OB, you know, he had a huge game here in Indy at 30 and um, against the Pacers. But the thing I remember now remember from that game is um, now that you, you, you kind of mentioned that triggered that memory of, uh, I mean, his lower body strength is in- incredible. I found it amazing last year how he was one of the few people I've, you know, had seen that was able to move Sabonis inside, move him away from where he wanted to be. Um, and that was, you know, in, in play again tonight, and then all that length there just collapsing on him. So um, that was kind of a blueprint on on uh, slowing down Sabonis. Hopefully, other teams are able to repeat it. Um, and you know, obviously, with bribe them out, those two guys have been, you know, used so heavily in these first few games uh, that they're gonna, you know, obviously, Carlisle's gonna have to take a completely different tack, but. Um, as far as the bonus, it, you know, it, it was the plan to shut him down. I mean, and, and, you know, when he does get the ball, he wants to put a dribble in or make a move, and they were just all over it. And, um, um, you know, he had his share of the many turnovers that um, were part of a, you know, a nightmare scenario where, you know, Toronto got 31 points on, on, those, on those, you know, what was it, 22, 23 turnovers. So, that is, uh, yeah, that's a recipe for a loss, and and those two key guys were were the focus um, 
and they were able to shut Sabonis down at least. And and that um, once Brodman was out, Pacers were left <laughs> scrambling with with not much else in reserves. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of reserves and just talking a little bit about personnel. Um, gosh, I think where the game really felt like it got blown open was that run that Toronto went on with OG just feasting on Jeremy Lamb in the post. Um, you know, a lot got put on Jeremy. I could you know, just seeing on Twitter, you know, people are reacting like, oh, Jeremy sucks on, on post defense. Well, yes, but also OG Ananobi's three or four inches taller than Jeremy and clearly, I mean, has 30 or th- at least 30 pounds on him. And it shows in, in how strong he is and how easy it is for him to get to the basket. Like, no, Jeremy did not play good defense, but also – I just don't understand why he was asked to defend OG either. Like part of it was, I mean, the team was playing zone for a stretch there, but also um, it, it it was very odd to not see Torrey Craig in the lineup tonight until he didn't come in until the fourth quarter. He started the fourth quarter. Um, Rick didn't get asked. I think he was about to get asked before he came on. He ended up yeah. leaving, but it cut off um, yeah, he got, he got cut off. Uh, but I mean, yeah, Tori, it, it just felt like tonight was the night for why you signed Tori Craig. Like, no, he's probably not going to be amazing against OG Ananobi, but he would have been a lot better than Jeremy Lamb. Um, so I, I, it was just, it was really vexing in that regard. And obviously O'Shea got moved on to Jeremy after playing uh, more off ball um, or I mean, playing more on the floor and Jeremy got moved to the floor. Um, but yeah, O'Shea got put on OG for, for the end of that stretch and still, you know, it wasn't awesome because OG has a ton of size on him too. Um, regardless, that was odd personnel wise. I mean, Brad Wanamaker who hasn't played in what two games uh, played 19 minutes tonight. Like, I understand. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to be too critical. We're five games in. I understand wanting to tinker with the lineup and, and do things differently, but it just felt very odd tonight when, you know, the the the, the lineup that the Raptors had out. Um, I think the Pacers trotted out. It was TJ McConnell, Brad Wanamaker, um, Domas, and then the rest of the bench unit. And that was against OG Scotty Barnes. Gary Trent Jr. was the smallest player on court. Delano Banton was out there. Like, I, I I didn't quite understand going with Brad and TJ. I thought maybe part of it was wanting to get more of the dribble drive game going that had not been there since Malcolm went down. That didn't happen. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it was just kind of vexing. And then you add that on top. Like, I mean, Miles Turner played 22 minutes tonight and no minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh I, I don't know where you're at with how this game went for him. I thought, like we mentioned earlier, I thought Miles played some really solid defense. Um, like he wasn't perfect, but I think again, with just overall team defense was 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 rough tonight, even uh, you know, just given. Um, and I thought offensively he was aggressive. He was looking to get to his spots. Um, he was looking to attack the glass. Uh, he was good on the on the defensive glass as well. Um I just don't understand why Miles didn't play at all in the fourth. And again, I'm not trying to make this some, you know, I don't love talking about their bonus, but I just, it's getting to the point where we have to talk about it consistently. It's just, it, it, it was uncomfortable. It was weird. Um, this is now the fourth game where Miles has not played significant minutes in the fourth quarter. This game, obviously not at all, but the Miami game, he plays just that, that closing 10 seconds. 
didn't play at all in the Milwaukee game. Um, where are you at with this? Because I, I just don't really know what to make of it, especially tonight. Like I understand in prior games when he wasn't playing well, but I just don't think you could say the same tonight. Um, and it feels like a strategy thing and not just a, a miles thing, or I don't know, maybe there's some kind of disconnect there, but nonetheless, it is, it is weird. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of understood it tonight for the most part. Um, just because it felt like that fourth quarter, you know, he was going to keep that bench unit in. And then once Jackson went down, that kind of changed. But then he did put in, you know, once they got down to 10, he put in some bones that well, exactly. seemed like maybe like, yeah. they might make a run. And, and I honestly, if they went from 10 to 8 to 6 instead of the other way, which they did, um, you know, I'm not saying he would have put Turner in either because, you know, this would have played out probably like the – the last few games where he had smaller lineup in. So what I found interesting was uh, when he was pulled out, you know, about three, three, four minutes left in the third quarter. Um, and, and really I have to go back and look, but he, I didn't feel like miles played that much in the, <clears throat> in that, that time he had been put on the court there. Um, and he had, you know, made a drive to the hoop and missed a layup. And it was like uh, Carlisle turned around and pointed and got somebody up. And I was like, man, was he getting him? Was he not wanting to go in the layups? Or, you know, it, it just felt like it was a reaction to that play for some reason. Um, and that may not be the case. It may have just been a time thing. But um, the timing for him coming out at that point was, was kind of odd. So, um, you know. This is my favorite topic, honestly. I've said it before the season. Um, it and it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad, and it, it, it's bad right now. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I thought Turner did a good job um, fighting on <clears throat> on the glass today, um, and you know, you know, he had his blocks and and was pretty assertive um, shooting the ball, and and he's obviously not. It hasn't been, you know, lights out from from three land aside from the game in Washington. But, um, you know, he he's been the threat offensively, and um, it it's just not working though. But he he is, you know, there, there's so many possessions just the way they're set up, especially with Brad and Sabonis, where he you know he's he's in the corner, um, and he's not, you know, in in the mix that heavily offensively on a lot of those possessions. And so it, it, it just feels like it is um, a frustrating situation for Carla. Obviously I wrote about that yesterday, how, you know, if when he's asked about it, it sounds like it's a frustrating situation for him because he doesn't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, you know, something to keep watching here because I, I just feel like um, something's going to give here emotionally with, with these guys. Cause you know, turns up, you know, 23 minutes is one of his, you know, highest minute games here. And I understand the circumstances. Like I said, I, I didn't expect him to go back in that fourth quarter the way it played out, but he could have. And there, there was a point there also where when the game was going back the other way, Jackson is up. Why not put Turner back in and you know get that confidence or get whatever you want him to improve on 
some reps here, some opportunity, um, run some plays, do something, you know, to get what you want to get out of him um, and, and get, you know, maybe find a positive um, spark for him there at the end of the game in a game that's, that's already lost. So, um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating to watch play out here, um, but also real intriguing to follow. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. A- another quick thing to hit on from the game too. Uh, Justin holiday really struggled tonight from one, eight from the field, one of five from three part of it. I mean, he was asked to be the bailout guy on a lot of pretty poor possessions and struggled with yeah. the length, but, um, also it just, and then I'm not trying to make excuses, but he does feel like he's still pretty hampered by that ankle injury. Like, I think that's been part of why, I mean, he, he before tonight, he was shooting 29% from three, and it seems like that definitely has, has factored into how his shot's falling a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely not bouncing around like, yeah, you know, like you expect to see Harvey. I mean, he's going he's gonna to fight and battle. Um, but, yeah, just not in sync. That whole starting unit really isn't in sync, and I think, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times Duarte is almost like a, a <laughs> uh, bit of a caged animal just because he's he, he wants to move more he wants to do something and then you know it's not really the the time to move or or he's early or he's just a little out of sync and and um you know the the, the number of four plus dribble shots that they they get up at least it it seems like to me is a lot um, as opposed to, you know, a lot of moving in action and, and um, ball movement to get open looks. And um, I think, you know, one thing that we're kind of used to with holiday is, you know, him running off and, and sticking that three pointer and he's just not moving it as, as well as, as we know he can. So yeah, it's gotta be, you know, not nearly a hundred percent on that foot. Um, but again, that's another reason you go back to, you know, the Tory Craig situation, you know, with, with all that length, which we heard about ad nauseum on the, on the Pacers broadcast, all the length of the Raptors, um, you know, going with O'Shea and Craig at the same time, as opposed to Winemaker and, uh, McConnell would make more sense uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I could see that the, the Wanamaker duo, he's begging for some ball handling and taking care of the ball, but but that it just wasn't a good matchup the way it was set up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't until that end of the game where he just threw the kitchen sink at it and actually kind of worked. So um, I, I would like to see that, you know, the Pacers employ whatever link they had and try and match it up because the Raptors were winning <clears> – <throat> the matchups that the Pacers were throwing at them um, overall, and they, they weren't able to get that advantage that you would hope they would. So, um, yeah, just going through the litany of uh, the frustrations with this game. Ooh, could go on all night. <laughs> yeah, well, I have, I have one more thing. Um, and it's not as more just a statement than anything else. The turnovers have been such a big problem. Uh, oh. They came into the night 23rd in the NBA and, 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 and that's bad, you know, and not, not like low, like the uh, 23rd in terms of most turnovers per game. Uh, I mean, turnover percentage per clean the glass 
of offensive possessions coming to the game were ended by a turnover, which is not great. Um, no. That's going up after tonight where, they, like you mentioned, they had 22 turnovers. And the problem, too, is they're not forcing turnovers. Um, they're 26th in opponent turnover percentage right now, which is, again, rough. Um, mm-hmm. Not a good night for that either on their end. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I don't really know what's up with that. Part of it feels like activity, but also part of it, I, I just, I'm not entirely sure what to make of it. It's it's early on. I don't want to take too much from trends, but it is noticeable. Um, the the offensive turnovers for sure. Like that was just, that was brutal tonight. And it's not on uh, aggressive, like really, uh, like, you know, trying to just make a quality offensive play. Like, okay, you know, you're, you're making a, maybe it's, it's an audacious cross court pass. Like, no, it's like, you know, you, we're, they're fucking up post entry passes and um, yeah, you know, a, a kick from the corner to the, to the top of the key. Like it's, it's little things like that, that just feel like, I, again, I, I don't know. I'm not ready to describe blame or anything, but it's just, it's odd turnovers. Like it's, it's, it's very odd, like little, just kind of minute turnovers that, have been hard to to really understand why some of them are coming through. Yeah, and that's the thing that kills me is is that in that half court, you know, the turnovers, um, it's almost not from aggression. And and again, the over dribbling, you know, the the game against Milwaukee, you know, Bradman and and um, Sabonis just you know trying to do too much individually and then getting stuck. Um, and, and neither of them are quick enough really to, to juke out of, out of traffic. And so they get tied up and, and, um, and lose the ball. But, uh, again, I feel like that over dribbling just makes everyone easier to guard. And then they get, you know, to a point where you got to pass it. And when guys aren't moving, it's, you know, you can see it coming. And, they, and credit to Toronto, they were so aggressive and um, and aggressive on the ball. So it was tough to pass it and then, you know, hunting for to get their hands on it. And and it was just not pretty when it's going the other way. I mean, I, I thought uh, Denary said that this was the it was at least the third game where the Pacers had a better shooting percentage than the opponent and lost. Um, and that, you know, but they had 20 more, 21 more field goal attempts, <laughs> um, in the game and, and, you know, actually more free throws. So, um, that they can, they can afford to miss more shots when they get more shots and, and the Pacers are feeding them the ball like that. So, uh, it is, uh, it, it is mounting into a bad trend and, you know, the numbers are stacking up and it was, a uh, you know, everybody was involved in it tonight. It was, you know, um, McConnell has McConnell had a couple of really bad passes and, and, you know, he's a guy that you, you're hoping can solidify things and, and take care of the ball. It flies in there at least. Um, and, and it was just rough all around seeing those frustrating possessions when you're chasing from behind and, and you're not even getting a shot up on a possession. It's just demoralizing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just hitting off that too, like TJ McConnell just has not been TJ McConnell this year. Um, and again, part of that is probably small sample size, but also it is really, 
really freaking tough for him to be like part of another reason why it was so tough with that Wanamaker lineup is you have TJ McConnell stuffed in the corner. Like Caitlin and I talked about this on, on two questions too odd the other day. Like, I mean, if you have TJ McConnell running with the bench lineup, he has to have the ball in his hands. You like, yeah. there can be moments where he doesn't for sure. Or, or you, you have him positioned in the slot, like Caitlin mentioned, and, and he's fantastic cutting in like that, but you're just not optimizing him if you're not going to run the offense through him. Like he's capable of doing that. Part of it too is it's difficult because, um, you know, that that little back-footed fadeaway has not been there for him this year. Um, I'm hoping that I'll turn around for him because that's so big for his game and opening up what he can do, um, you know, as a driver. But that part's been really rough in terms of how he's factoring in. Um I, I mean, we could go on and on about everything that's happening, but I guess we can, I mean, I'll just hand this over to you. What, what worry level are you at now? I mean, this team's one and four. They play the Brooklyn Nets who granted have not looked amazing, but I in watching, I think I've seen three of their games so far this year. I don't have much confidence at this team going to, to beat Brooklyn. Like I think it's possible, but I would, I would bet against it personally, uh, how they're looking right now. Malcolm might not even play. Um, maybe Karis will be back, but if, if not, like even there's so much going on, like the point being there's, this team should not be one and four. Um, and I, I, again, I'm not trying to come off as too harsh, but I think as you and I talked about, like, it's one thing to, to come into the year and be like, yeah, you know, we have, uh, we have, we have, we have expectations, but it's going to take some time and we have a tough schedule. Like, yes, you do have a tough schedule, which is why you can't afford to lose to the Toronto Raptors who are if they're a really energetic young team who have a lot of potential and they've been feisty to start up the year. But frankly, this Pacers roster is more talented in terms of win now players. You can't afford to lose this game when, when you have just about the toughest schedule in the NBA for the first three months. Um, I think I just assessed where I'm at with the worry meter coming in, coming, coming into, coming into the next game. But, but where, where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, the, the worry now is yeah. Brooklyn's coming in. Yeah. You're going for, and the, the Brighton situation, be, just because, you know, I, in, in my mind, Brighton, I feel like it's been at times a little, used a little too heavily and you know taking too much of the load with the ball and and you know separating he and he and um Sabonis you know the, the offense just hasn't been that smooth um and and even though they've you know they've had great moments and, and played well at times but but without him it's like I don't know where they're gonna fill in that gap right now. Um you're gonna be throwing a, a heck of a load on on a rookie in Duarte, which is a long-term positive, but um, not going to be good for uh, trying to sneak near 500 by the end of the year, right? So, um, um, and and then also, you know, how are you going to work with Levert? Are you going to have him be the point guard, which I'm not overly excited about either, but, you know, it would be, be similar. But again, I don't know how, how ready he's going to be um right away so you know these uh the injury report on on Brogdon is, is going to be huge and and just hoping that he got himself out of there before doing 
more damage in a game that, that maybe was going the wrong way. But, um, you know, and the other thing is, as we, we just mentioned that, that Turner issue and it, it it's not working again. Um, and so something's going to have to have to give with this stuff. And they're, they're going to be, or getting into the position where, you know, if you do make a trade, are you trading for this year or for the future? And that's, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, into soft tank land. Uh, so this thing could go a lot of ways and, and, you know, it's way too early to uh, think like that. And I feel like if Carlisle will listen to us or, or responding, oh, excuse me, my uh, dog wants to get in here. Um, if um, he, you know, he, I don't feel like he's going to have that sense of urgency that they got to figure it out right now. Like he, he's going to think that they can, build and, and try and keep improving as the year is going on here. Um, but, you know, with the schedule, it, it's just going to be so painful to, to go through those growing pains if um, they continue to have to deal with the bad health. And they, quite frankly, don't execute any better or don't figure it out because, um, you know, a lot of the, the games are close. They, they've had points where they're just not, closing out a game or having that guy that, to do it, but there's there's points in those games where they're, they're just, you know, making those mistakes and, and, and with, like, tonight, these turnovers and and the shooting hasn't been great and, you know, there's, there's so many different areas for improvement and it's almost like with the roster they have, you know, like putting in Watermaker was kind of plugging a, a hole in the dam on offense but then, you know, that pops open a hole on the defense. So maybe, maybe they should put Craig in, or maybe that fixes the defense, but then something pops on the offense. It's just um, <clears throat> not in sync with, with what they need to do to, to, um, to succeed at both ends of the floor right now. And, and um, so, yeah, I guess my word is kind of high as well. Well, yeah, and it's tough too because I think you look at this team and – I mean, as we talked about prior to the season, I think we, we, you know, you, me, and Caitlin all expressed some some form of, uh, I, I can't think of the right word right now, some form of, like, reticence at the idea that, you know, Rick Carlisle is just going to come in and be the, the free agent for the team that fixes everything. Um, it, I mean, that's just clearly not the case. Like, I, I think you – and what, what makes it even more jarring – as you look at the teams that do have continuity throughout the roster and the rest of the NBA and like, okay, um, Atlanta's three and one now after tonight, Washington is, is three and one. They're a different team though. So that's not entirely fair, but the Knicks and, are better and they, they added on top of what they have, but um, like the teams that are in that same range, New York and Chicago are, are off to great starts despite making changes and, and still having continuity. Like it just is uh I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be a total downer with it, but at the same time, like I do think uh, this isn't just like, yeah, it's a, it's the start of a season. So you don't have to be too worried. I, I do think that there's legitimate reason for worry with how this, this first five games have gone. And I, I told you before we got on too, like, you know, what I'm hearing and, and what people are telling me aren't, aren't exactly like the most pertinent, but 
I mean, for the first time in a, in a while, other than, you know, I, I got a bunch of texts when the, um, when stuff went down in Sacramento last year and about like, you know, from, from friends and scouts that, that I know who are like, you know, what the hell is happening there? Um, but today I had, I mean, I had multiple people text me like, what the hell is going on with this team? Like the vibes seem completely off and just terrible. And I just honestly can't really disagree with them. Um, I, yeah, I'm sure that we're going to hit on this more on in, in coming days, but this was a, this was a really rough loss and um, kind of compounds a lot of where the team's been at uh, in some of the losses recently. And, and it just felt like a little bit of a boiling point with how things have been going. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, it, 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 I, I, this turn bonus issue is just, I feel like it's just such a, such a ball and chain on, on this situation as well. Um, just the way it has gone out. I mean, there has been no, um, you know, new way or new approach and, and a way to, um, utilize the, the bigs for an advantage and, and you just haven't seen it. Um, and that is going to weigh on everybody. Cause I mean, you know, guys like miles on the team, everyone wants to, to succeed and it's just, you know, but it's a groundhog day situation regardless of who the coaches. So um, I will be interesting after this, you know, mess and obviously Carlos is going to shake things up, but he sounded a little more after this game. Like we got to look at everything, you know? And, um, well, yeah, I mean, this it, was, it, this was different than other games. Like I, I mean, it just felt like, and I, I mean, more power to him. Like I, I have thoughts on, on post-game interviews and whatnot, but like he <laughs> did not want to be there, uh, like very clearly. And same thing. I mean, Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris Duarte gave solid answers, but Jeremy did not want to be there either. Like, uh, yeah, and I, I totally respect that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, like this didn't just feel like, like, I mean, the, the first three losses were like, there were positives there. Like, you know, oh, we played pretty well. There were just, you know, things came down to crunch time. Like tonight was, was not that. So, yeah. Yeah. There, there were in, in those losses there were, you know, there was a, the, the five or six minute stretch that was, a problem tonight there was like maybe a five minute stretch that was only positive and that was kind of in the fourth quarter with the end of the bench and that was about it so it was it was uh yeah they're, they're looking to get back across the border asap but yeah not gonna be fun going to brooklyn now definitely not um well, Tom, I think this is enough piling on for tonight. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we will have some more <laughs> positives to talk about in the coming days. Um, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day. We'll talk to you later.